Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on the podcast, I'm very lucky to have Jerry Zier. Uh, rhymes with dear and here. Yes, he is a author, speaker, teacher, and minister. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you for inviting me to be on your uh, show and uh, I'm and looking forward to our conversation and with your listeners. Ah, uh, look, sir, you uh, look, look. Before we started this podcast, I look. Jerry here was just a tsunami of information coming at me big time. I had to pause him, stop it, and yes, getting back, bring him back to zero. But yeah, uh, if you can like go into a little bit of detail of what your book is about, because it's not your first book, it's your second, if, if I'm correct. Yes, yes. I, I, it's been a labor of love over the last two years. And I think as we talked before the podcast, uh, what really motivated me was I've been working in interfaith ministries and trying to build peacemaking and relationships over the last 35 years. And I believe we have so much more in common than what divides us. But in reality, most of us maybe have never met somebody who's Muslim or Sikh or Baha'i or Jewish or Christian. It all depends on what our background. Uh, and so I wrote this book, The Peacemaker's Path, Multi-Faith Reflections to Deepen Your Spirituality. It's taking six themes that are in all of our faith traditions. And then I've taken those themes and I've kind of wrote, written reflections for them. So it's a it's really a 40-day devotional. You can read each day, one day, 15 minutes a day, or you can read a whole chapter uh, as you go. But the idea is each day has a reflection and then you have scriptures from all of the major religions. And then you have a, a, some thoughts to reflect on, some questions to reflect on, and a closing prayer from uh, a faith leader. Um, my hope is that people will start to, you know, read the scriptures from the Quran or the Baha'i or scriptures from the Baha'i, the Sikh scriptures that, you know, most of us have never read the Hindu uh, teachings or Buddhist teachings. But when you read this in the book, I think it will help you to go, wow, there is some really rich wisdom that can enhance my own life. Right. So huh, I should have said scholar as well uh, in my intro. But yeah, like with regards to this, how long did it sort of take you to sort of pull uh, different scriptures from like all of these religions? Because it's, let's just say if you take a look at Christianity, it's quite in depth. Quran, very in depth. Buddhist, very in depth. Yeah, how long did it take you to put all of this in-depth information and find like interconnected pieces from each religion? Well, it probably took me a year of just doing that research and writing. Um, part of it was I did not want to write a book of theology. Nobody would read that. I want to write something very practical, mm -hmm. something that, you know, has a reflection that some of my experience or maybe experiences of others uh, that I've met or heard from. And then with the scriptures, you know, it's like the, the principle of uh, karma. Um, you know, we hear the word karma a lot. In Christianity, Jesus says, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I love that image. You know, what, what you put out there, Jesus says, you will come back. If you put out their love and goodness and, and, and blessings and richness, it will come back to you. If you put out anger and bitterness and greed, you'll just have it all come back in drama. Well, that same principle as a Christian, I, I was a Christian, I then realized, well, that scripture's in the Hindu scriptures, which were written way before Jesus' time, the Buddha scriptures. And then that's theme, uh, and it's very similar. You know, the words aren't exactly alike, mm. but it's it's amazing how I believe that truth is brought forth in these great teachers over different cultures and ages. And when you see these principles that are almost universal principles, you almost have to go, wow. I mean, where does that come from? It isn't just made up in somebody's mind. When you have that type of um, universal insight, it makes me say, ah, there's something beyond us mm -hmm. that maybe a consciousness, you can call it God, you can call it higher power, ultimate consciousness, but there's something of the universal wisdom for us to tap into. Yeah, like this is the thing, yeah, with karma and like the way you put it there, like, I, I often say consistency is like one of the most powerful things in this universe. And like, hey, when, like when you go, yes, oh, put out bad karma, it comes back to you. It's like, yeah, you put out, like you consistently do bad things. Yes, you will get a consistent feedback loop of bad things. You might randomly get something good happen, but generally it'll just lead you down a bad path. But you put out good, it equally comes. And I guess that's, yeah, with that, it's just like, it's one of those things which is so clear, but it's like, yeah, you don't actually realize it until like, oh, one day. And some, unfortunately, some people don't realize it, you know? And, you know, I, I mean, there are some people who, who scam artists and some of these people that you don't see the consequences of their actions. You know, you, you see them scamming people and making money. Mm. But like, uh, I just there was a book that the the daughter of the one of the greatest counterfeiters in the world who was caught. She writes about his life and her experience at the end of his life. He's broke. He has no relationships. You know, he he was always hiding out from the police. And, you know, at some points he had a lot of money and he would spent it. But but ultimately inside his spirit, his life was very empty. You know, and, and I think that's what, you know, we part of my whole journey has been um, material wealth, material things are temporal. It is the things of the spirit, the things within us, the essence of us, love and beauty and those things that really uh, blossom in our life. And so that's why I've been on the spiritual journey for myself. Mm. And I think there are many people who are on that spiritual journey. Maybe they grew up in a religious family, or maybe they didn't have any religious. And, and, and maybe they're even agnostic. And that's okay, because, you know, they're, they're saying, I, I don't know what's out there. And I'll say, I don't know what's out there either. None of us know. But we're on the journey and part of that, as, as you have been, and we talked about this, you know, as you meet people, you're learning, you're expanding yourself. Indeed. That's how you grow, right? Mm. Very true. Like, with, like with, with regards to yourself, 
has that always been with you or is it something you had to discover uh, yourself? Well, you know, even from an early age, I grew up in a very legalistic uh, church mm. where the minister was telling, you're going to go to hell if you don't follow us. I mean, even my friends who were Catholic and Baptist, you know, we're going to go to hell. And, and I just never, I never bought it. I never, I didn't know how to talk about God in that term, mm. but I experienced the love of God as I went to a church camp and was with people of different races than me. So I left God altogether. I mean, I, I didn't understand it, but I left church and I went into the entertainment business in my twenties. And, you know, part of it was, I think some of us who've had bad experiences with church or with religion, we don't realize that there are many other alternatives. You know, for me, it was, well, every, every church must be like that church or every religion. Well, it wasn't until I got older. And then I started um, asking questions and meeting people. And when I was in the entertainment business out in LA, I mean, I was, I sang on the Johnny Carson show, which was before the David Letterman show. Okay. You know, I mean, I performed and I was, it was good. I was performing a lot. I was doing a lot, but, but inside I was very empty Mm. inside. My soul was empty. I mean, I'd go out, we'd go out drinking and partying and doing all this stuff, you know, after the show. And honestly, I could see that if I stayed in that lifestyle, I would be dead in probably five years, right? I mean, and so I got out of the entertainment business because it just was very empty inside. And, and that's when I began my own reconnection kind of with God and, and my seeking, my seeking. Okay, I see. Johnny Carson, impressive, very impressive. Like uh, people are going, Johnny Carson. No, no, yeah, they don't know. But yeah. maybe they know, uh, you know, Colbert or uh, no. the Jimmy Kimmel. It's like one of those late night shows. No, no, Carson. Uh, Carson was the sort of standard there. He would he laid the foundations for it all. Yeah, like yeah, no, like this is the thing. I would say it's very interesting because like I like when people are sort of trying to find their sort of like direction um there are many a times i would say people just uh how can i put it they don't actually sort of go into that place of discomfort where they might have to sort of ask themselves questions where it'll be like hey i'm not a hundred percent comfortable answering that asking that question of myself now yeah you question whether it's like okay what does faith mean to me? Like what, like, what does God mean to me? And like, it's like one of those things, which it's not an easy question to sort of like go, yes, this is what God is. It's that simple. It's like <laughs> for many, like many a scholar, many a person has sat down and went, who is God? What do they do? Why has God done this? And they ask these questions and it takes them to a place of discomfort. But with yourself, you went, yeah, you are, you went to that question and there'll be other people who would not just be like, yeah, okay. Never really truly finding their way, which, you know. Well, and I think that's, that's true. I think for some people, change is scary. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, the challenge is, can I hold on to the beliefs that I have and also open to a new idea? And, you know, it's kind of like when I got married, We've, I've been married 37 years. And so part of what I've realized when we first got married, I kind of had this attitude of, I know what's right. 
and I would, I love to debate. So I would argue with my wife and I would try to prove my point. <laughs> and, 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 you know, like I'm, I'm going to persuade her that I'm right and she's wrong. Mm. Well, you come to realize one that, you know, when you think you're right and the other person's wrong, there's no open for conversation and dialogue. The second thing was I came to some humility that there was maybe a point of view other than mine that might even be better or just different. Mm. So it's like, it's the same way with religion. Can, can I have my belief and also respect somebody else maybe has a different belief than me? Does it make mine less or mine right? But but I can still respect the other yeah. and hold on to my belief. Now that's hard. Mm. Yeah, but like this is the thing. If you are going to accept a new belief or a new direction, you have to let go of the old direction. Look, you've been married, as you said, 37 years, right? Now, okay. Now, hey, Jared, if you came in with that same single, like single buck energy, like going, yeah, like, and not sort of let go of that. Well, yeah, you would have had a very brief marriage indeed because yeah of course yeah. Mm -hmm. but i think that's another thing what people don't actually take on board you can't like if you like oh, i found something new and i need to go into a new direction you've got to let go of the old you can carry like certain bits of it but if you're talking about hanging on you got to like oh no i've got to let go and reach for the next thing if you don't you will stay stuck in that same place and you won't move forward. And I think that's why your listeners, clearly they're listening to you. That means they're already on the journey. They're already asking questions. And that's why um, I wanted to write this book and I wanted people to read it. And the people who've read it, you know, it's given them like an aha, like, mm. oh, okay. So it gives them a sense to get connected and, and, and what I found that my understanding of God has changed, right? I used to think of God as a being out there in the universe going to strike me down if, if I did something wrong or, or maybe I'm supposed to, I would pray to God like Santa Claus and you would respond to my, uh, uh, respond to my prayers, you know, and then if not, then I just didn't understand why. Well, my understanding of God is much broader now as I've seen and as I've read that from other faith traditions and my own readings, you know, God is much more grounded within us mm. and around us in all things. That the essence of God, which is in an atom, the essence of the universe is within us. And so it is more about awakening to the divine within, not so much outside, but within. And also then when I'm, you know, when I'm in the woods, when I'm in nature, I connect to that essence that is in all things and within us. And as we come to be in touch with that, which meditation does, mm. a time of reflection, you know, when, when we come to be in tune and trust ourselves and find that inner peace, that gives us a sense of, of a wholeness and, and just a great power and confidence in ourselves. Mm. yeah like sort of tuning into that must be taking a lot of like how can i say self-reflection like really sort of like finding out who you are uh which i would say isn't easy for the most part 
No, I think you're right. And and I think especially our society, at least over here in the United States, it's like, it's never good enough. You need, you need no beauty products. You need to have better clothes. You need to have this, have that. You know, it's almost like you're, you're inadequate. And then sometimes if you were taught that in your upbringing, you know, that it never was enough. I, it's amazing. Girls at 12 years old already believe they're inadequate. Their body shape is not good enough. 12 years old, they already are looking at themselves in the mirror and going, oh, I'm too fat. Mm. Well, when, when you are so ingrained to say you're not adequate, you don't believe in yourself, that makes us anxious, worry, driven, um, fearful. And so to work through those things, to learn about um, letting go of some of the things of the past, finding some things within ourselves. It, it takes some work, but you know, I, I'm, I'm more at peace with myself and at one with other people than I've ever been. And it's taken me some years to do that. Mm, yeah. Like, you know what I would say with, with regards to what you were talking about, yeah, 12 year old girls not feeling adequate and stuff like that. It is one of those things because we like, we live in a world and especially uh, these days, like, which is so um, hyper-focused on the things, not the actual, like, let's, it's like, yes, the things like bags, things like cars, like things like the new phone and like all of the, like the little things which are meant to improve your life, but as you say, are quite hollow at the end of the day because like this is a, like if you could sit down and like yeah figure out maybe one or two things about yourself that might be the key to opening up a whole heap of things you and possibilities you never would have seen before but because the focus is on the external that's the word i was looking for in my head the external rather than the like the inner and like taking care of that and making that healthy that's where I think a lot of the world is falling down at this present time. Well, and, and that's one of my themes in the book is loving yourself. And, you know, in loving yourself, we've, we learned that um, our thoughts get manifested into our body and into our actions. Yeah. Um, Dr. Bruce Lipton has a book called the biology of belief. Hmm. And, and it's the whole sense that what your thoughts are, um, manifest into your body. That's why a lot of physical illness, um, you know, our, our anxiety, our, um, uh, all, all the things that people can't sleep and they, they feel restless. They, um, all those things are affected because of what's going on in our brain and our thoughts. Um, I speak about the fact that, you know, we, we've been uh, scientists have said that we have like 40,000 thoughts, 20 to 40,000 thoughts a day, and 80% of them are negative. Because, and you know, when you think about it, just your own life, you, you know, think, oh, that's a lot of thoughts. But when you just think your life, you go through the day going, oh, I, 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 I can't get there. Oh, I, I got to get this. Oh, what? That person did that to me. Oh, I'm, you know, so many times, our thoughts are are in the realm of negativity. Oh, I just didn't do it well enough. Yeah, I I you know, and so um, I talk about, and and this is one of the things that instrumental in finding inner peace. 
I, I, we have inside of each of us this voice I call the critic. This voice inside of our head, that's the critic. And we listen to that voice more than we do our friend. Now, maybe your friend says, you know, you're, you're really doing a great job. Yep. You know, you really are. You got a great personality. You're really all these things. But the critic inside says, if they really knew me, ah, uh, you know, I'm lazy. You're lazy, Jerry. You know, you come on. You know, you can't do that. What are you thinking about writing that book? You know, that that was the voice inside of me. You know what? <laughs> Nobody's going to read this book. You know, you're doing this every day. Just give up. And that critic voice, really, we give more attention to and listen to more than somebody who's our best friend or that we value. And so I talk about how we, we first need to realize those thoughts, that's only a thought. There's not like it's, it, we can retrain that thought. We can let go of that thought. Some of that critic voice maybe is our parents. Maybe it's somebody from society. But it's just a thought. And, and so don't let that stay rent free in your mind. You can, you can learn how to, when those negative thoughts come in, let them just go. Mm. You know, and so when I would have those thoughts in my mind, like, oh, you can't do this, Jerry. Why? I just go, come on, forget that. I, I don't even want to let that stay within me. And then I would focus on some of the things Okay, but Jerry, you you wrote another book. You, Jerry, you you know you you can do this if you take one step. You know that you've done things before if you don't give up, and and then you can have different thoughts that come into your mind, and it's retraining of the mind. Mm. Now that's that's an interesting idea that I think a lot of people aren't aware of, that our thoughts get manifested and create our our future. Yeah, no, it's, this is the thing, the power of the mind, and like, it is remarkable, like the amount of times people have taken placebos for like a drug and stuff like this, and they've like cured, like they've been cured just because, yeah, their mind goes, yeah, I've just taken this drug, and it's been either a sugar pill or sugar water, and it's, it's like, they're fine. But like, with regards to sort of like the many many sort of negative thoughts what flow around in people's heads on a sort of daily basis it is like it's always the weirdest thing to me when I see it and like yeah and, and I've experienced it myself and I'm like going what doesn't and it shouldn't make sense but in this way in this realm it kind of does because you can give out a hundred like a 99 compliments at, of positivity but you remember the one but if you reverse that and you did 99 like comments of negativity and you just get like one compliment, you will never see that one compliment. You remember the 99. And I don't understand what, like how that works and how, like why that works like that. I think it's some of our conditioning. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I grew up with a, a thinking about thinking of other people more than yourself. Don't think about yourself because if you think about yourself, you're too prideful. Mm. But you know, Jesus said the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. So a lot of times we forgot about loving ourselves, And that sense of self-care and loving ourselves is something people aren't very comfortable in doing. Mm. And, and so, you know, I grew up feeling inadequate. I, I had a 
a, a very uh, strict authoritarian background from uh, growing up that I felt like I was always not doing enough. My father was driven. So he was always going on and he'd say, oh, you're lazy, you're lazy, because he was afraid he was lazy. Mm. Well, you know, my father ended up having a nervous breakdown at 52 because he could never relax. So I realized later in my 20s ago, I'm not lazy. Although in my early 20s, I, I was, the only time I could relax was when I got sick. I would get myself physically sick then I could finally give myself permission to, to sleep and relax. So now you start to start to look at that and go, what are all those things? My anxiousness, my fear, my drivenness, where does that come from? And then you start to realize that was just embedded in me. That doesn't mean it's true mm. just because somebody tells you something. And so like, I'd be like you. Somebody would give me a compliment and I'd go, oh, thank you. But oh, not really. You know, I, I mean, someone like, oh, that they don't really know me. They, they're being nice to me, but they don't really mean it. You know, inside I'd go, oh, I'm really not good enough. And so they're, they don't really know me. Well, then I started realizing, wait a minute. When they give you a compliment, say thank you. In fact, I take that in. So when I get a note or I get a word of appreciation or somebody, I keep those and I look at those over just to help me savor that. And, you know, because we, we're so driven to move from thing to thing. And so we accomplish a task and rather than just moving to the next task to be able just to savor and say, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. Mm. And, and to, and to let those things come in, you know, when you get done with your podcast, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go on to my next podcast. Now I'm going to do this, but to go now, what, that was a wonderful experience and interchange. I mean, I love having conversations with people because I just can savor and take that in. And it makes me feel so rich if I let it stay embodied and not let it just go. Yeah. No, <laughs> Like, yeah, no, savoring the moment. And like, this is the thing, like using those compliments, I would say in not like times of crisis. No, that would be a little bit too more extreme, but like times where you find yourself like, going, Hey, I need to pick me up. Like I need, like, I need an anchor point uh, in this sort of stormy choppy water. Uh, like if you can turn to and find those sort of compliments in like, in, like from your past and like, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm not that. I'm not the worst of what my mind might be churning up. I can't like people have said I'm better. People have like indicated I'm better. And like, even if you don't have a written compliment, just like going back in your mind and go, yeah, there was that time that on this date, someone went, yeah, when you look cool. And, and and, and I think, you know, when you say to somebody, tell me three things that you love about yourself. Ah. So if I ask, if I, I'd be interested in what are three things that you love about yourself? What would you, could you, could you tell me three things? I have, I have to dig past a rather dark wall. <laughs> and like three things I like about myself, love about myself. You love that you love about yourself um, or like, okay. Like basically. Uh, for the most part, I have a can-do attitude. Um, like I, 
not afraid to start something new and yeah uh don't want to like how can i say uh <laughs> i am sometimes ob not obsessionally driven but driven to like a high like high level where like yes if you if i if i told you hey let's go to the gym together like yeah just maybe you might want to decline <laughs> like gracefully <laughs> it's like come on come on Jay. come to the gym with me he's like no he's like hey no but yeah I, but i think you know i think that that's important the other thing i do if if i get in a funky mood and, and we all do that you know i get depressed you know I, I i wonder does it make any difference what i'm doing all that stuff you know that uh, in your life i what i'll do is i'll start making a list of things of blessings in my life things that I'm grateful for. When I start listing the things like, wow, I have a wonderful wife. You know, I, I, my car's paid off. I don't have any debt. Okay. I only have a thousand dollars in my savings account, but okay. That's a negative, but I have, I have uh, this and I have that. And then you start listing the things that I, my life has been blessed with. Mm -hmm. Now my attitude is changing. I'm now seeing life in a different perspective than I was 20 minutes ago when I felt like everything was going to hell. And, and so I, I encourage people to, to do that, you know, to, to write down those things that you feel blessed in and that you're rich in. And, you know, it's funny because somebody said, uh, are, are you rich now? You're retired. And I said, well, yes, I, I'm a millionaire. And they go, you have a million dollars? And I said, no, I only have a thousand in my savings account, but I have a million in blessings. Mm. My life has been so blessed because of people, of the travel experiences, of places I've gone. I mean, I've just, if I die tomorrow, I tell people I, I'm happy, right? Don't, don't be sad because it's been a wonderful life. Yeah, like um, Les Brown, uh, that motivational speaker, like one, yes. of, like one of the things he says, like, um, yeah, um, I'm like most probably paraphrase, can't say exactly. Um, basically, uh, on his deathbed, like he, like he's got the dreams who are looking at him with its angry eyes, like going, like going, yeah, we came to you because only you could bring us to life, and now we've got to die with you because you didn't like follow through. Now. If you can live a life where you can go, okay, you know what? There, like, you can look around your deathbed and go, yeah. It's just your fat, like your loved ones around you, and go, hey, and go and smile at that fact, and not really have any sort of things you could have brought to this world. You're the only person what could bring to the world because yeah, you've given it life and it's out there. Then I'd say, yeah, you've definitely lived a rich life a good life. And also, but, but let me say for your listeners, it was hard. I mean, you know, there were times when I, I mean, I thought about just giving up, you know, giving up, quitting. Uh, I was going to get divorced. I didn't want to, I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to negotiate with my wife. Yeah. I, I, you know, there were some times I, I went into counseling. I, I needed some help because I didn't know how to take care of all those demons inside of myself. And I needed somebody to help me. So it wasn't that, oh, it just, 
read a book and you're fine. You know, or you just pray. Okay, it's God. It's fine. Mm. No, I, I, I open myself. I ask questions, and I sought to get better. And I felt God brought people into my life, and and I wanted to grow, but it took work. And so I, I want people who are searching, people who are listening, maybe right now and. Maybe they're not feeling their life is it is they're in a dark place or they're having difficult times. You know, part of what I want them to know is that that they are a child of God, that they are loved and wonderful. They are created in the image of God, and it was good. That was the beginning of Genesis, and that we are created and we are loved. You know, our mothers love us and we need to see from our eyes of our mother who loves us. Right. Mm. Uh, you know, and now not all of us have the best mother or father. So I, I don't want to do a whole thing for that. But but somebody who loves you and that you love yourself in the same way. Um, there's a wonderful poem that I I have in my book It's from Kabir, who is who is a writer from the Muslim tradition. And, and uh, but it says, seeing through the eyes of God. And, and the poem in the book talks about seeing ourselves through God's eyes. And so I, you know, I want people to, who are listening to, to be able to be on that journey, but finding some ways of first starting to care for themselves and, and listening, listening to that inner voice and listening to others. Mm. Yeah, like this is the thing. I would say like <laughs> loving oneself, like basically inner growth, like learning and growing. Uh, I think when like when someone is willing to open themselves to learn, that's when they can grow. And yeah, as you say, yeah, it was hard. Of course it's hard. Like lessons, like, like the long, like this, the true lessons, the hard lessons in life never come easy. And like, if you have an easy lesson, it is soon forgotten. Uh, when that, when you've entered a place where, yeah, ah, like this was one of the most uncomfortable places, like places in my life. Like, yeah, uh, I had to really look at who I was to see if I could like basically hold on one to the woman I love, like to like take us, like see where it could take us to that next level. But if you did, if you weren't prepared to learn, if you weren't open yourself up to grow, it would not have like, well, it would be a lot different for you in life. And I would say a lot of people need to go, okay, I need to learn and I need to grow to get an optimal life, you know? And I think that's why um, having a faith or are being open to something beyond ourselves, mm. you know, and, and it is, is part of that expanding of ourselves. That's, you know, reading these scriptures from the different faith traditions and these great teachers from, from thousands of years, you know, even if you don't believe in God, I say it's a good, you can read the book because it has good principles and values. Uh, somebody said to me, you know, you've been a minister, Jerry, uh, but what if you find out there's no heaven? Well, I go, I wouldn't have changed my life because really it's not about the hereafter. You know, even Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is at hand. It's within your midst. Mm. 
Mm. I believe Jesus was much more about our wanting to know the abundant life on earth. For many Christians, they were like, oh, you got to get saved to go to heaven. Mm. You know, like heaven, heaven's the, the ultimate thing we want to get to. When in reality, I would suggest that all of the great teachers, all of the great religions speak about how do we experience a glimpse of heaven on earth? How do we help make heaven come into greater reality? And that's part of, of being a peacemaker, building some healing, reconciliation. And, and right now, when our world is so divided and people are so separate and there's so much anger and, you know, I, I tell people, one, you have to watch what you let come into your mind. I mean, you know, I only watch a little bit of news in the morning for about a half hour. And then I read some things, but, you know, when it's video, when it's visual, it, it can it can really hit you more than reading. And if you're if you're watching on Facebook or you're on all these visual things, it can mess up with your mind. So I tell people, watch what you're putting into your mind, watch what you're having come in. And then the second thing is, you know, that that as you are trying to get yourself centered and growing in yourself, if you're open to that, yeah. uh, to, to, to that mystery of life, uh, you know, none of us know if God or what God is, or if God is our own creation. I, I'm, I'm willing to entertain with people who are atheists or people who are very uh, con convicted in their own beliefs to say, we can find common ground. Let us find those things that are at the source of our heart and that can bring unity to our world. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, no, like this is the thing with, with a lot of, it must have been kind of hard because look, when, like when you go religion, now that like, that is the North star for many a person. And like, yeah, when you're like, going between a number of different religions it's like okay it can kind of be kind of like standing on the north the magnetic north pole like you your north is everywhere around you but it's like okay but can i still see my north star to keep me like, like at that time uh, and and i think you know sometimes people will say well religion has been used in some bad ways and, and I, I'll, I'll say to people, don't blame God because of how people in our own immaturity or sinfulness have used. Uh, and religion, you know, and it can be used. But those people, when they use religion uh, to perpetuate their own point of view or, mm -hmm. or to try to become better than others, uh, really um, are not being true to, to the grounding of their faith. When religion in its best, if we, if we, all the essence of all of the great religions is about compassion, forgiveness, and love, and caring. So I'll give you a good example. This just happened uh, in, in our city here. Um, there was a synagogue, and this 18 and 19-year-old who had swastikas, and they had Confederate flags, and they went under the sin and spray-painted swastikas all over the synagogue, trying to put fear into them that, you know, uh, we're white, and we're Christian, and we're the best, you know, or whatever, and you're nothing. Well, what it did was, that was on a Thursday night. 
by Monday, because we spread through social media and we spread the word, we're having a service of solidarity. The synagogue only had 350, uh, could only seat 350 people in the synagogue. Mm. Over, almost a thousand people showed up and there were people in the parking lot and people with their children who said, we want to come in solidarity. You know, we're not Jewish. You know, there are people of many faiths or people who were agnostic who said, but we want to stand to say love overcomes hatred. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, you know, the, they, they caught because they had video cameras. They, they caught the two individuals. The guy was 19 years old. So he was perse- prosecuted for a hate crime, went to federal prison for five years. His life is ruined. You know, and I, I wanted I, I really wanted to go to the federal prison and, and ask him and say, do you really now that you see all the goodness and all the ripple effects of good things that have come from that and what this has done to your life? Do you think you would have still done that? Mm. Now, maybe he maybe he was a hard hearted, you know, crusty old person. But my hunch is at 19, maybe he just did a stupid thing. You know, maybe he just did something that he regretted. And I would love to say, I forgive you. Mm. And I want you to know that, you know, find goodness in your life. And, and I've seen lives change like that. I've seen people who've been in KKK who've encountered a black person and their lives have been changed. I've seen people who've, who've been divided. I mean, look at Ireland and look at the Catholic and Protestants over in Ireland. Finally, there was some peace after years of war. It can happen if we can do that in our own communities. It can happen, yes. And like, this is the thing. I think one of the things which sometimes frustrates me uh, about like, about the world in general, like especially the developed world and stuff like this, there is, there doesn't seem to be either, a, there's a lack of investment within some of the hardest communities out there, or there is a lack of faith in like, some of the hardest hit communities out there. I'm talking like like from inner cities to like rural mining towns, like yeah, here in the UK, over in the States and stuff like this. But with that sort of like lack of investment, that lack of faith, it then abandons like generations and generations of kids into like a dark places where yeah, they spray paint a moss. Yeah, they join a gang. Yeah, they like go up, like they go down pathways which will need them to know sort of good. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some who like escape that, but they are the exception to a rather sad rule, you know? I, you know, I, I think there are, we, we can see the very negative are very greedy in, in individuals in the world. And that's always been there. I guess I want to get a little step back in world perspective to say, we've come a long way. Oh, no. I mean, I, I can remember when in our country, when women didn't have a voice, when a black and white person couldn't marry, you know, when gay people didn't have rights. And, and so we've made some really big strides. Now we have a long way to go, but I feel that the younger generation, 
the millennials and those who are going, I don't just want to make money. I want my life to have some meaning to it. I want to make a difference in the world. So we're seeing people who are creating businesses where there's a part of a, uh, an endeavor, a charity or something that's going to something else. And I think that there is actually, we're in the beginning stages of seeing um, a greater sense of global community. Some of the thing that's happened in the pandemic, it brought us into this world of technology. I mean, I never knew Zoom. I, I didn't know anything about podcasts. And here we are, you know, I'm talking with you in London and I'm in the States. I've been with people talking around the world. And the more that we can do this, the more that we can choose to say we will take a stand as a peacemaker. I, I'm not saying it's all going to become all, you know, in our generation, but, but I think we can make a difference. And that ripple effect will have a greater impact. And I see wonderful things happening in our world. Mm. Yeah, this is the thing. I would say with regards to a number of people like, I want to change the world and let look. I'll go, yeah, you know what? Okay. You want to change the world? Get focused with it. Concentrate on like one or two key things and like, yeah, bring that change. Uh, like, but don't like, don't just say it generically. Have a plan and execute that plan because we can say, <laughs> but like doing is... A trickier thing, you know? Well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, to change the world, I begin with me. I have to change myself. Mm -hmm. the, the better I can become as a human being and the better I am in relationship to other people is, is the best thing I can do. Yeah. And like, this is the thing. And I love when you say that because, yeah, you've got a, like a clear level headed like approach to it all. And look, with that, it means, yeah, you've like actually thought about what makes you tick what makes you function and how you can basically help fit into the greater community because like okay if i spoke to 20 year old you and went hey you know what you're going to be running a hit like a series of marathons uh like yeah like be part of an interfaith like ministry and then yeah write two books you might you might go excuse me who are you <laughs> it's like Right. He's like, are you crazy? He's like, yeah, but that was you at 20, you know? Well, and, and I think that's why, uh, you know, when I wrote this book, it, it, the idea is that you could take just one day. If you take for 40 days, it's, it's set up for 40 days, read one devotion, one reflection a day. Mm. It takes 15 minutes. But just, you know, and to see how that kind of helps you and, and grows in you and and, and like I do it, my wife and I, we, we, you know, even I wrote the book, I still, now we do it together. We read one day reflection and, and it's a one, and then we talk about it. And it's a wonderful way for us to have some conversation um, together about our own kind of insights, our own thoughts and beliefs. And, and I think that that's, that's what I'm hoping is, you know, I have some people who they'll buy the book because they're, they're friend of me. And then never even read it. You know, it's like, okay, I just bought it. But, you know, you know because here's the thing is, you've got to want to grow. Mm. You know, you've got to want to expand your mind. And not everybody's going to do that. And there's some people who are very, uh, 
they're very, they don't want change. They're very happy with things are, they're comfortable, even though they're maybe not unhappy, they're unhappy. I mean, they, they don't, they, they, they don't want to, you know, open up so much, but my hunch is your listeners, because they're listening to you and, and the people you have, they're part of that folks who I believe we're, we're, it's a ripple effect and um, that we're, all we can do is our part, but but I'm I'm I've I've seen wonderful things that I've been blessed with and the ripple effects um, that have happened from my life uh, that I could never imagined, mm. and uh, and so you know that's that's all we can do, right? Yeah, no, indeed, indeed, and I think like with regards to the sort of daily like forty like day devotions, everything like that. I think when you I, I would say. If you could do that with someone, it most probably have a it'll have more weight to it rather than sort of just doing it yourself because you can sort of like oh yeah, get deep in the like the weeds of it, get in the thick of it, and like yeah, sort of like you never know what sort of can like how can I say spark out of that sort of conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I mean I I think the the whole thing with with today mm. and the reason why we have the division so much is because people aren't listening and listening to one another. We're having that conversation and we could talk about very difficult issues. And, and when we can listen, when you feel heard, that's the best gift you can give to somebody. Mm. You know, when, when uh, I, one of the stories I tell is about this grandfather said to his, his uh, family, uh, he says, I'm going to go for a walk. I'll be back in 20 minutes. And he comes home in two hours. And they said, well, what happened? He said, oh, well, I was there with a, a neighbor and he was uh, so good at listening to me. I let the time get away. I mean, you know, he just, he had this friend who just listened. Most people, you know, when you ask them something, they, they'll tell you all about themselves, but they don't really ask about you. And so when you can ask somebody and let and learn about them, that's sometimes the best gift you can give is for somebody to felt, feel like they're heard. Somebody finally understands me. That's a gift. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, very true. Very true. Because when we were talking before the podcast started, you asked me about why I started this podcast and like, yeah, it like I told you, yes, it was about, yeah, helping me learn and grow and keep going forward. Because look, one of the things that no one actually tells you, and like, yeah, I apologize to the listeners who hear this again, but when you're in your, like, when you're in your teens, you like, you go, yeah, we are legion. And like the whole bunch go, oh, you like, yeah, off we go. Your 20s, we are legion. Oh, off we go. Uh, in your 30s, we are legion. Oh, why is everybody? <laughs> it's like the drop off comes quite harsh and fast. And like when you're in your 40s, like myself, it's like we are legion. Well, no, we're not actually. We're just this crack group of individuals which come together. Like, yeah, like about 12 of us, and off we go. And, and when I say 12, that's me being incredibly generous. <laughs> Most times, <laughs> more than that. But as each decade goes on from like that point, your opportunity for conversations, new, fresh conversations for you to learn, grow, expand your mind, like 
dwindles away into like nothingness eventually. So this is when someone goes, oh, that person's set in their ways. It's a, ca- like, it's a case of, yeah, they are. Because if they're a plant, you've shut them off from water for a long time. So they can't actually like take, take in anything new right now. So it's going to take a whole heap of water to like help them sort of get out of that mindset to like have these conversations, to grow, to like listen. It's like, it's just, yeah, you got to keep on talking. You got to keep on listening uh, to as many new people as possible because yeah, without it, it's, it'll be a long road, a very long road. I think that's why, uh, and, and I, I was so fascinated when I started exploring the, the theme of listening and, 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 and in, the, in the scriptures and other writers, because what I found was um, when we talk about peacemaking or, or that we want to, you know, we want to bring healing and unity. Mm. Um, and, and most of us, you know, we got our job, we got our kids, we, we got a lot of stuff that we're dealing with in life. So we, we can't maybe be out there in, involved in a lot of things. But I'll say, you know, but when you're at work or, or you have somebody who you work with and, and when you can give that gift of helping that person feel like somebody finally understands me and, and when you listen to them and they feel valued, that's maybe the best gift you can give someone. Mm. Because I think so much of right now, people are angry because pe- they feel like nobody understands them. You know, they maybe they feel like um, their their ideas are being shut down. And, and, and unfortunately, we have these extremes on both sides, you know, in, in all of our countries. And they're shouting so loud that they're not, they're not even wanting to hear the other side. Yeah. They're not even wanting... But like I had this friend and this friend who voted, you know, was a liberal, a liberal and 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 her sister voted for Trump and they lived apart. You know, they, they're grown up now, but they came to visit one another. And this friend, uh, she just couldn't believe that her sister voted for Trump, you know. And I said, well, what did you do? She said, I just listened. I, I wanted to understand. And, and, you know, her friend had these ideas of conspiracy theory, some of these things that, you know, I'd go, you're crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> but she didn't do that. She listened for two hours to her friend. And by the end of it, you know, her, 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 her sister finally I'd softened, softened some. And, and I said, that might have been the best gift you gave to her. And, and I really do think that when we, you know, I have friends who were Trump and that I helped to understand. And I'd say to them, I know you're not a racist. I, I, I know because I know you help me understand why you voted for Trump. Mm. Well, in their mind, they had certain reasons. Now, they might not have voted a second time, and, but there was more than just what everybody was blanketed. You know, as if you're a Trumper, you're this or if you're a liberal, you're this. And when we do that, when we make canvas sweeping statements on, it's not fair to people, right? Yeah. No, like this is the thing. Like when it comes down to sort of politics, look, there like if you look at either party, there look, there are going to be good bits and bad bits out of like both parties, which you like. Oh, yeah. You look at it and go that 
policy is absolutely crazy. That policy makes no sense. Oh, that's a good policy there. Uh, it might be on the other party. You got to be able to like, uh, okay, let's li like let's see what this like person who's here to represent us, what they are truly about, rather than sort of like, uh, okay, oh yeah, I'm Team Democrat. I'm Team Republican. It's a case of remember, like you got your Team USA first and foremost. And like these people are just there to represent you. They are the people what need your support for them to be in power. So if they are not providing the best sort of like thoughts or representation for the whole, then kick them to the curb. You're like, oh, but we got a two-party system. No, like kick them to the curb a number of times and they'll be like, yes, they will start to listen to what the people want. And with regards to if someone's on like red or blue or however they want to like affiliate themselves party-wise, if they did say, sit down and listen and go, yeah, why did, like, I've known you for all my life. Why did you go with this rather orange bigoted man? You're like, oh, like, because it might be a case of, no, I agree with him. And they might go down the conspiracy theorist part. And it might be a case of, no, like, Hit like his policies would like be able to like in that that policy this policy which would lead to jobs in this area and, oh. and I, <laughs> I mean i'm sorry and i and i think it's whether it's politics or religion mm. you know part of it we are tribal people we 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 want to belong to a group and that's okay i mean um, we need to have community we need to have our identity yeah but when but when it gets to be closed off you know when when we get to be like our nationalists like oh the united states we're the best you know we're better than anybody else well you know that's very arrogant and and not very humble and and it's one of the things i i didn't like a lot of people in the us always are you know promoting that and i i'd say to them you know, if you travel around the world, you 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 realize there's some great people and great uh, other things in the world and the people, and and I think though, in, no matter what country we live in or or what culture or, or religion, we we have a tendency to want to belong to a group, and that's okay. It's when it stops you from respecting and and being open to saying, um, I can. I can learn something more and, and I can see value in the other human being. Mm -hmm. And rather than putting as a group, but taking each individual and relating to them as an individual. And, and that's what I hope. And, and I think the more we do that, the better we can have at uh, breaking down those walls. I talk about turning those walls into bridges and we can do that. But like this, like I'm a strong believer. We have like we have a bag of infinite bricks which we carry with us all the time. Yeah, we can either build like build a wall, or build a bridge, uh, to like keep people out or like go to people. And I like I hope with yourself that yes, we are building more bridges. We are opening those like realms of communication with each other to like, uh, like help us move forward to this next thing. Because look, we have had, <laughs> uh, we've had a rather hard 18 months um, of it globally. And let's just say we, we are close 
to getting out of it, but we are still in the thick of it. And I don't know if it's going to be resolved by the end of this year or early next year, but that should be the sort of cue for people to like go, hey, yeah, we we do stand together on the, like common ground. And yeah, we do suffer when like if we suffered during this all together, we should be able to resolve and fix this all together, you know? I think so. And, and I think, you know, one of the themes that I write about and, and to try to help people explore is about forgiveness. Mm. And it, it, it's about forgiving ourselves and forgiving others. And, and that's a very deep spiritual principle. But it's hard, you know, when somebody who's wronged you, somebody who's done something wrong at where you work mm. or a friend and 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 how you, you know, to learn to forgive and it, is, it takes some real work and some steps, you know, that I, I talk about in the book, because I think if, if we hold on to, to those wounds and those anger and those bitterness, um, it just destroys us. And, and it's hard when you have people who you work with are people in your life who um, are difficult people, are people who really rub you the wrong way, you know. How do you deal with those people? And that's what, again, I said so much about uh, finding peace is first I have to find peace within. Mm. I've got to find that within myself so that, you know, a lot of times younger, somebody would say something to me, they would, they would uh, diminish me, they would say, I mean, I, and I'd be defensive and I'd, what do you mean? And, I, you know, like you jerk, you know, and I'd, and I'd be like, well, now, you know, I've kind of, I get to the place where I don't even take things so personally. I, I now know a lot of that is about that person, but that's because I now know who I am and I'm secure in myself. When I was insecure, when I, when I didn't really feel very lovable, then when somebody said, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. I get defensive almost because like, maybe they're right, but I'm going to prove them wrong. And, and so, you know, there's that whole process for ourselves, at least for me, it was of, of learning um, one about loving and trusting myself, believing in myself, and then realizing when somebody did something wrong to me, I learning how to walk in their shoes a little bit mm -hmm. so that maybe, maybe that that person was going in a bad day. Maybe uh, I did something that set them off and I didn't mean to, there are some reasons, you know, that, that they responded that way. And, and that's part of the process of forgiving. But I think that sense of learning forgiveness for others and forgiving ourselves will be instrumental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, no, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to say that. I like it a lot, Jerry. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, like, so with that, like, not it's not just books. You're sort of getting your message out there with it. How, are you sort of like, how else are you doing that? Well, I, I, I'm speaking and I'm uh, going to different places. Uh, I'm, I have, I'm working. I have just created this Indiana Multi-Faith Network. It's a statewide and we're doing some Zoom events that are open to people. Um, we'll have one in November. So, you know, that will be uh, on the themes of the book. And I participated in a peace event 
that had people from 32 countries. And so, you know, I think we just do our own. Uh, but if people want to uh, contact me, you know, my website is jerryzare.com and they can contact me through that and I'll respond back if they have questions or, or you know, they have comments. I, I love to have feedback mm. and, um, um, and they can get the book on Amazon. So, you know, everything's on Amazon. So there wow. you go. <laughs> Amazon. Yes. Uh, our future taskmaster. What can I say? <laughs> There's a yes. Oh hell, Amazon, mighty Amazon. <laughs> Pray to the algorithm. What? No. <laughs> uh, so like with this, how long have you been like speaking for, would you say? How long have I been speaking for interfaith causes? Well, interfaith causes, like, yeah, basically public speaking, would you say? Uh, well, you know, I my, my undergraduate degree was in speech and theater. I mean, and so... I, I worked professionally in theater and then I went into ministry. So I, you know, I debated on the debate teams in college. And, and so it, it's been something, a part of my life, speaking and, and being in front of people where for, you know, they say, what's the number one thing people are afraid of? It's speaking in front of people, you know? <laughs> so it's been, it, it, I, I like it. I mean, I, I just like, but I, I like, um, but I, I like having conversation and I've been involved, yeah, for 37 years. I, you know, that's one of the things that somebody gave me a great piece of advice. They said, find something you're passionate about. You know, your job is your job. Okay. So like for me, I was a minister in a church and that was that. And, and, you know, maybe you, you have your job, but you know, the podcast is your passion, right? And it might be a hobby. It might come into something, you know, but find something you're passionate about. Just one thing. Mm. Maybe it's about children or underprivileged children, or maybe it's, it's about helping this. But when you put your life towards something else beyond yourself, just beyond your family, that's when you, I, I was expanded and enriched. So I encourage your listeners, you know, if, if maybe their life is kind of blasé or they're just going along, you know, find something that you have a passion for, something you believe in. You don't have to do 10 things. Just find one thing and then find out how you can get involved with it. And it's a wonderful thing. Mm, mm. So where would you say your passion will be taking you in the hmm, narrow distant future? Well, I thank you, say, for the narrow, because if you said longer term, I, I'm really not about the future. I mean, I, I'm trying to live in this moment, in, in this day, in this year. Um, I'm preparing some things. And so I really don't have any knowledge of what is next. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Um, maybe there'll be another book. Maybe I, I don't really know. And, and it's okay. I love I love to let it unfold. Mm. Uh, I love to let just the life unfold. I used to, when I was younger, have goals and I'd have my list of things I'm going to do today and I'm going to do this. And I still have my tasks that I'm going to do today. But, you know, I want to be here five years. I want to be here three years. And, uh, and I don't know, that was pretty driven. And I like the idea I mean, it's always good to strive for more in my life, but but I missed I missed out on a lot of things because in my 
college years, it was all about, I got to get out of college to be in the entertainment business, mm. you know? And so I never really enjoyed college. In my twenties, that was all, I've got to make this. I've got, you know, I'd be done with this production. I got to do another production. And I never really enjoyed, uh, I was being so driven to accomplish and move up the ladder of success, whatever that was, you know, somehow the more, the better, I was in other people's eyes, I was validated. As you know, in, in like in, in business, it's the more money you make, you know, the more successful you are. Well, I, I don't think that's true. Um, success in those terms is fleeting. If you live by the numbers, you die by the numbers. So um, I, I want to find ways of later in life. And it didn't come until about 45 50, I think, really, that I finally was able to let go of a lot of that and just really start to enjoy and let it unfold. So I don't want to pretend like that's how I always was, because I wasn't. I was very driven early on in life. But um, like I say, my father, when he had a nervous breakdown, he was in sales, he was in insurance, and it was never enough. You know, he become the district manager. Then he become the statewide manager. Then he become that, and it never was enough. Mm. And he finally, he didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, no, I think that's how can I put it? Like, I've like one of the things. There's this guy. There's a gentleman called Simon Sinek, and he talks about uh, your why and basically the finite game and the infinite game, and like yeah. Uh, I won't lie. Um, like there was a lot, a lot, large chunk of my life, like where it was like I would think in the finite realm of goals. And but like as you like, one of the things you kind of notice as time goes by, in it's it's everywhere you see. When you see like someone achieve a massive goal, or like yeah, someone wants to be a world champion and they hit it. It's like, yes, great. I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. I've made it. I've got to the top of the mountaintop. And like, it's great in that moment. And then you see them start to spiral out of control because that thing, what brought them that focus, that determination, that drive is now gone. And you're like, oh, right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I've done it. And they just feel empty. Uh, so like, yeah, I don't want to fall into that trap. And like, this is the thing. If I can play the game today, play the game tomorrow, play the game for a thousand days from now. Yeah. And a thousand days after that and a thousand days after that for all time and eternity. I would like, I would like that continuous growth. Like, yeah, beyond and beyond that. Hey. Yeah, I think that, that's that's wonderful. Uh, Bob Buford has a book, Moving from Success to Significance. Mm -hmm. And I think as he in his own life was very successful, but very empty inside, mm -hmm. he shifted in his life. And, you know, I think a lot of folks are maybe they're just, you know, they're they're living their life. They're they have a job as an electrician or they have a job uh in a in a retail store or whatever but you can find meaning in the relationships and how you are with people mm. and and in your other people and and that's 
that's as significant as somebody who's a CEO of a company. It really isn't about the titles. It's about finding meaning and, and giving meaning in your life. And, and I think a lot of that, I would encourage people, is when you open yourself to the divine, that within you and beyond you, uh, that spiritual growth, that emotional growth, um, that we will find that meaning. Like it, like it. Like, <laughs> no, very good. I like this a lot. And like this, like this is the thing, like with yourself, like, okay, will you be sort of adding any other things to your at many bows of like author, speaker, teacher, coach? I know you like were marathon runner at one point in time. Are you still a marathon yeah. runner now? No, 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 no. I, I did my four marathons and <laughs> uh, in my forties, in my forties, um, and uh, I, I, I just uh, physically, I, and I don't have the time to focus. I mean, but you know, running my first marathon, and because I'm not a long distance runner, I ran track. I ran 50 small distances, and I remember I had a friend who was uh, 225 pounds, and he was a bigger guy. And I, he ran a marathon and I was like, now, how did you run this marathon? <laughs> and he said, one step at a time. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he said, no. He said, now, Jerry, I, and I wanted to do something that challenged me that was beyond what I could believe I could do. Okay. I wanted to do something that really stretched me emotionally and physically. So I said to him, well, I mean, how did you do it? He said, well, Jerry. Can, can you run three miles? Well, I mean, I can, yeah, I can run three miles. I can't do it fast, but I could do three miles. And he, so we actually did this where we ran for four minutes and walked a minute and we did three miles. Okay. And then, so we started doing three miles together and, and I do it with him once a week. And then I did it on my own a couple of times during the week. And it was kind of nice because we did something, you know, it was, it's so good when you're going to do something to have a partner, an accountability partner, somebody who, who you can share that with. Because if I was just going to do it myself, I would have given up. I would have, ah, I'm too lazy. But because I had somebody who I'm running with, I knew I didn't want to disappoint him. So when we were going to meet on Saturday, I had to be there. Yeah. And we started three miles. Now, if I imagined myself running 26 miles, I would have given up. I, I mean, I couldn't imagine it. You know, it's the same way with writing a book. Or, or doing a podcast. You know, when, when you think about you started your podcast, you're like, I know nothing about doing a podcast. What, 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 what do I do? But you did it slowly, little bit by little bit, mm. because you didn't give up. And that's was I we started running three miles. And then after three weeks, we started running six miles. And then we started running nine miles. And then we started doing a long run and short run. It took me six months of training. But when I ran my first marathon, and it wasn't fast, I ran it in five hours and 20 minutes. I mean, the people who run the, the marathon, they run it in two and a half hours, right? <laughs> you know, but, and when I'm running, the, the, the funny thing is, as I'm running the marathon in the race, and I was doing, er, you know, earlier races, I'd have older people who were running ahead of me. And I'd be like, I'm not going to let that older man beat me. And I'd run ahead of him. And then I'd wear out. And then he because he was steady on his own pace. And what I realized was I need to run my race, 
not somebody else's race. Mm. And so when people would say, oh, what's your time? Like somehow if you ran a faster time, you were a better runner. And I said to them, my time wasn't important. I finished the race. That's what was important to me, right? Mm. Um, and some people have a hard time because they're always like, oh, well, if you if you ran a four, you know, I have people, they train. Well, I ran five, five hour. Now I ran a four hour marathon. Oh, I'm getting better. Okay, you're getting better, but that doesn't make you a better person. You know, your personhood can't be wrapped up in the accomplishments. You as a person is a wonderful person. You're a beautiful person. Are getting to know you, you know, your eyes, your energy of who you are. I, I, I could just, I'd love being around you. You know, if we, if I was in London, right? Because <laughs> you have such a great spirit about you, right? Now that has nothing to do with what you do. <laughs> and, I, and I don't really, and I don't really care. I mean, you know, I mean, it, so it's, it's like people think, you know, somebody has a degree, and I don't have a degree. I don't have, you know, I graduated from high school. That doesn't make that person a better person because they have a degree. You know, you as a person are who you are. Mm. They have some things that they do better and you have some things you do better. Yeah. No, but like this is the thing. Sometimes when people get caught up with like with those sort of titles and like monikers, look, okay, if you're running for time, great. You run for time. That's what... That is your personal sort of validation. But if you're like, there, ah, I want to run a marathon. Okay. Like, are you a professional athlete? No. You want to run a marathon? Yeah. Great. Run the marathon. Doesn't matter. Like, if it takes you a day and a half to do it, you run it, you completed it, you've achieved that goal. Yeah, there are people what can do it in two and a half hours. There are people what can do it in three hours or four, five, whatever. But the important thing is you as an individual wanted to run that marathon. You set your mind to it. You got your running shoes on. You went out there, ran it, completed it. Bravo. And no one takes anything away from you with that. No one. And, and, it, and if you didn't do it, if you started and you failed, that doesn't define you as a person. Okay, you didn't, you didn't accomplish that task. There was a lot of things that I failed at. But what I've realized, and if anything out of this conversation for people who are listening, your value as a person is who you are, mm. your uniqueness and your personality. It's not in the things you've accomplished or things you've achieved or things you haven't achieved. And, and, and who you are is that beautiful creature, person. And for you to celebrate that and cherish that, have fun with it, do some wonderful things, you know, experience life, but don't, but realize that you are who you are. That doesn't define you. Mm. Now, I would say if anyone, like if they went up for a challenge like that and they did fail, you would like, yeah, you've done so much more than so many other people in this world because like you were prepared to sort of like get into that realm of discomfort and see what type of person you are, you know? And I mean, the thing is you, you will fail. I, I failed at a lot of things. Mm. I don't even like the word failure because really the yeah. word failure is in our vocabulary. I don't think it's in God's vocabulary because when I did something, I learned from it. Mm. I grew from it. Right. So I wrote a play. 
I never got it published. Nobody ever did anything from it. I mean, it sits, I have this play in my you know, filing cabinet 30 years ago. But I did something. I, you know, I grew from it. It was a great experience and, and uh, it's okay. So the word failure uh, is not even a good word, I think. It's, it shouldn't, I, I don't really embrace that word because I tried things. Maybe they didn't go the way I hoped for, but I learned something. I grew from it. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I'm not sure, but there's a, it, it needs to be a different word than failure. Well, like basically, like I would say you learned from it because like every time like you fail, there is a lesson which is learned. Um, I would say even like greater than when you have been victorious, like when you have the victor's like Victor's story. Yeah. The sort of lessons which are in that story are seldomly picked up when the loss is there because it has this sort it's shrouded in that sort of realm of pain you actually sit down and think about it you like you mull it over a little and not like if you're healthy about it you're like okay that's where the lesson lives i've done that now let's get back after it and yeah you keep doing that victory like triumph will come your way uh but if you dwell in it then yeah you're, you're doomed to repeat it because you've missed the lesson. Very good. Hey, what can I say? I have my, I have my good moments here and there. <laughs> now, I have to ask. Now, if you had, if you had the ability to meet anyone like you would love to have a conversation with, like through time, space, like, fictional non-fictional who would that conversation be with oh wow i there are three people who i who i come to oh wow i gandhi martin luther king jr buddha and jesus wow some like all the heavy hitters right there some ultra hitters there. Like, what would you ask? What would be one of the questions you would ask? Oh, ah, um, what, what have we misunderstood? Or what was it that we have not grasped that you wanted us to understand? Like one of the things I think that I think of Jesus is going to say, he had no de- no decision. He he wasn't intent on creating a whole whole new religion of Christianity. That was Paul, and and afterwards, you know, Jesus was trying to have people reform and following their way, uh, making a connection with God. But um, I'd be interested in in yeah, what what was it that that people have maybe misconstrued about you? Interesting. Very interesting. What they've misconstrued. If I had to do it, who would I talk to? Who would you talk to? Now that is the thing. Hmm. Who would I talk to? You know what? 
I would like to talk to Maya Angelou. Like, just sort of like, ah. yeah. Basically, like, just talking to her, like, yeah. Just saying, like, how life was to this point now. What, like, what sort of, like, hopes and dreams it was she was expecting it. And, like, what wonders she's seen. Because that is a lady who's lived a rich life a very diverse life uh, with like her sort of choices of experiences, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. That'd be great. Yeah. Now, Jerry, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Pleasure. But like, yeah, can you tell the the lovely people how they can actually find you, get you on those interwebs? I know you mentioned it earlier, but mention it now. So it's all focused. Yeah, um, jerryzer.com, J-E-R-R-Y-Z-E-H-R.com. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and Goodreads, but on Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then the book is on my website or on Amazon. Mm, excellent. Peace- yep. Yeah, I was going to say The Peacemaker's Path, Multi-Faith Reflections to Deepen Your Spirituality. Perfect, perfect. Yes, I'll also put all of his details into the show notes, into the description, so you can find him wherever you are. Jerry, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Superstar. Blemissimo. Yes. Uh, most kind, most kind. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I close with saying namaste. Namaste in the Hindu and Buddhist tradition is I bow to the divine within you. And then as the person says, namaste back, they bow within the divine within you. And that's a bow. So anyhow, I namaste to you and to all of your listeners. Perfect. Perfect. Ah, brilliant. And I'd like to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors who have stuck with us to this point in the podcast. Ah, Thank you very much. Please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be all the bees you can positively be. And yeah, have a great day, my friends. Yeah. Peace. And we are.